This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Wow, what an exciting Rangers game. We'll touch on that for a quick minute, and then we'll talk the NFL when ESPN New York Tonight gets on the way. Join us at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM along with Jake the Snake and Brian the Brain. We're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon, how are you? Larry, what's going on, my friend? I'm doing great, partner. What's happening? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Not a lot, of, not a lot of good. Let's put it that way. From the football to the baseball, I, I, maybe... Maybe I gotta start watching hockey. Maybe I gotta become a Ranger fan. Maybe I gotta. Maybe that's what's missing in my life because clearly the choice, the, the the choices that I have made, the decisions that I have made, have not worked out, and they're never going to work out. So uh, maybe it's time for something new, and uh, and maybe I can't be trusted to make those decisions for myself. Maybe I need someone else to make those decisions for me. I think you should do that, hockey, Gordon. I might have to. I, I really do. I, now, the problem is, is like the last thing that Ranger fans would want is for me is to try to attach myself considering the loser decisions that I have made at other points in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, maybe I, maybe I got to pull a name out of a hat. Maybe I could have be. to have other people decide. I'm not sure. Well, you could stay in Florida. Florida Panthers. Well, no, but Let's Florida has not worked out for me, Larry. Florida, I, I mean, I, I could have picked either of the other two teams in Florida, and I would have made probably in the last 10 years a better decision, mm-hmm. clearly. Never mind the, last, you know, the previous 30 years before that. So, uh, yeah. no, not a great sports weekend, but it's mm-hmm. always fun to be with you. Well, I appreciate that. I missed you, partner. I'm glad to have you back tonight. Uh, caught you a little bit on Saturday. I'll, I'll say this, and I said this to, I think it was Spike who called me yesterday. I said this, that you and LaGreca, I give you guys credit because you guys are as honest and in your assessment of the teams that you root for. I think you are when you talk about the Dolphins. I know he is when he talks about the Giants and um, and the Mets. I mean, to the point that, I mean, Joey, Joey Salvia wrote a song that yeah. it was okay to love again. So, <laughs> I mean, so listen, when somebody writes a song about your honesty, you know you're honest. And I caught you when you made the statement about, you know, I'm not going to go into it, but I'll just say I heard you when you made the statement about what you thought was going to happen yesterday overseas, and you turned out to be right. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's frustrating. I feel bad for you. I do. But, um, you know, maybe, maybe another hobby is good, uh, you know. You could well, do some more work on the piano. You, you know, people – that's not working out either, so uh, that's another adventure. Um, people actually who know me and, and, you know, maybe listen to the Saturday show have pointed out, Buddha reached out to me on Twitter and said, you know, you called this game. It really wasn't much to call the Dolphin loss against the Jaguars, but it would be like – making a prediction about what happens at the end of a movie you've seen a thousand times, right? Like saying at the end of The Godfather, this thing is going to happen, or Goodfellas, or, you know, I've seen the movie so many times before, I don't really need much more information to see that it's the Dolphins playing a game against another bad team, a team that hasn't won in 20 games or whatever it was. Uh, to know what was going to happen. So it wasn't really that much of a prediction, but at least, you know what they say, Larry, in life, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. Yes. I made some lemonade, a little promo code lemonade. Ah, there we go. Which, uh, you know, takes some of the sting away, at least for a little while. But you almost were wrong. 
No, there was no chance I was ever going to be wrong. There was no chance I was ever going to be wrong, Larry. All right, Quentin, if you say so. <laughs> but I will say this before we talk some more football. I got to get this in. So I'm going back and forth. I've got a little, and we'll talk about this in a second as well. I'm just peeping on the on the um, ALCS. I'm not uh, watching it. Right. Okay, I'm peeping. Okay. And then I'm I'm you know I'm Rangers. I'm a, I'm at Bills Titans, which is a little closer game than I think a lot of people thought was going to be especially offensively as far as the Bills are concerned. And I'm looking and I'm going back and forth. I'm doing the three things. And then I get to the overtime of the Rangers. And Gordon, I couldn't turn, it, I couldn't turn, turn away. I mean, the, the goalkeeping, the, the, the saves that were made. Opportunity by, after goal, opportunity, right? Oh, it was exciting. I love what they're doing. You know what? This is better than a tie. <laughs> oh, no oh by far. Absolutely. It's so much better than a tie. It's some all oh, the three on three. It was all oh, the, the open eyes, the, the the saves. Oh, it was it was fabulous, great goaltending. And listen, I understand now today watching them. I really understand why Ranger fans love Sisterkin, because he was incredible. That that game could have been five one <laughs> easily. He made he was you know the phrase standing on your head. He stood yeah. on his head a couple of times in that game. Yeah, well, you know, as as you were saying, you know, flipping around with a bunch of different stuff, you know, I kind of took it part in the, in the third period of the overtime. I didn't watch the first two periods so much, but uh, look, Rangers need some wins. The the hockey teams have have gotten off to some rough starts here. The Rangers with that opening night loss, you know, so uh, you get these points, getting some points in overtime. Panarin getting the goal, so big win for the Rangers. Yeah, it is. They did a nice job. That was an interesting game, Gordon. I'm going to say this before we get back to the NFL. Um, I'm kind of torn with the conversation that we've had with fans about the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oh, in the postseason, your oh, home runs. Oh, I mean, I'm looking at the Red Sox in this postseason, Gordon, and I'm just like, maybe it's okay to have a bunch of home run hitters because, doggone, they have been just – I mean, this home run derby in this – how hot is this offensive clump for the, for the Red Sox right now, Gordon? It's well, unbelievable. Look, it's hard to sometimes predict which teams are going to hit the home runs, but I think, I'm not positive, I'll go back and check my math, which is always a little shaky, but I think that if the Red Sox hold on and win this game, that the team that hits the more home runs in a given game will now be either 14-1 and or 15-1 and in this year's postseason. Mm. So that just tells you, you know, the idea oh, that we have of kids of, you know, producing runs and getting a guy on and stealing a base, the Cardinals, Ricky Henderson, Lou Brock. Yeah. Th- that's not the way it happens anymore, man. You've got to be able to, to hit home runs in October. And it's not just this year. It's not just a fluke. It's not just an outlier. The past five years, past probably 10 years, um, you, you got there's not that many opportunities to score runs. And, well, outside of the Red Sox, they, they apparently have, <laughs> have uh, opportunities every inning. But, yeah, you got, you got to be able to hit the long ball. That's what wins in October. It's not, the, it's not true anymore that you have to be able to produce runs and, and bunt guys over and sacrifice fly. That's nice if you can do it as well, but you have to be able to hit home runs. And, man, nobody's hitting them better than the Red Sox. Hit them with – figure out a way to always hit them when guys are – when the bases are loaded. That certainly is a pretty good plan. Yeah, and they seem to have found that happening a lot. For them, what was this? Their third Grand Slam? Uh, it's it's just it's, it's amazing. In one postseason, right? Yeah, I mean, that's I know. crazy. Yeah, it is. It's unbelievable. I mean, to get three opportunities with the bases loaded in exactly. one postseason is a lot. It feels. Like. And the other and the other thing, Gordon, it shows is that you know everybody's pitching. There's not there's no perfect teams in this league in either league. 
right? There's a lot of pitching issues. You go back, you look at the NLCS, you look at what the Dodgers have done. You look at them, you know, using uh, uh, different closers and doing a, a, a you know, a, a bullpen session to start a game in the postseason. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to see what's going on, how nobody has it. And for the Dodgers, and I think Kay made a great point, for them to have the salary that they have, all right, and to still not have enough pitching is is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And they added Max uh, Scherzer. Uh, Scherzer at the trade deadline, right? Yeah. I mean, like they went out and got like the best available pitcher at the trade deadline, and now it seems like he's saying that he's out of gas. So – um, it's kind of crazy. And look, the lot can change. We see how quickly things can change in a single day. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like you're on a boat and you can see the storm clouds <laughs> forming in the, on the horizon. If you're a Yankee fan, mm-hmm. the Red Sox are now going to take this game. They're going to move closer to the world series. The Dodgers are, are down in their series. It could very well be another Red Sox World Series, which is as about as sickening as a prospect as you could have. Well, listen, I'm with you, partner, because I'm not happy with the way the Dodgers are letting me down. I thought they would be able to handle Atlanta, and they've not done a good job so far. They've no. not done a good job. No. They've not. I mean, look, a lot, it, the one thing about the Braves is the Braves only did – you know, so far what they're supposed to do, right? Like, they're supposed to win both those games at home, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they won in exciting fashion and all that type of stuff. So, who knows? We've seen teams drop the first two games on the road, go home, get right, and all of a sudden the momentum it, it changes and flips. But, um, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. Right now, uh, if you're a Met fan not wanting the Braves to be in the World Series, it's not looking good. And if you're a Yankee fan – that hates and and the, and the worst part for the Yankee fan is that you had your chance. Yeah. Now you didn't do anything with it. Your your ace spit the bit, as they say, and mm-hmm. and your offense didn't do a whole lot, and and you lost. But at least that's what that's what make you. If you win that game, now look, maybe they don't beat the Rays. Who knows? Maybe they don't beat the Astros the way the Red Sox. But you could kind of envision yourself in that spot that the Red Sox have been able to take advantage of as the wild card team and now have gotten hot and seem like they can't be stopped. Yeah, they're on the road. They've, they've got hot late, right? And and how often is that the story of late, Gordon, right, in all sports? Mm-hmm. It's not how you start. It's not going in the middle of the season. If you can get on the roll late, and they got on the roll like the last week. I mean, the Yankees sweep them, and after the Yankees sweep them and leave town, they get hot and roll, and they haven't been, they haven't been stopped since. It's incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. It is, and you it's, just think, and you think back, right? That series with the Red Sox and the Yankees had, where Stanton's hitting all the home runs. Yeah. It's, you know, oh my God, it's, and and to think that where we are now, oh boy, and in two weeks, right? I think it's been two weeks since they've been out of the postseason. The Yankees, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. Still haven't made an announcement on Boone. That's a little strange. <laughs> Please, we. The Mets don't – I don't even know if they're talking to anybody. <laughs> well, they keep talking, and the people just keep saying no. I mean, all I'm saying is, no, please please remove my name from contention of that job. Please. Please. Yeah. I'm not interested. Stop calling me. I don't want to take this job. So, I mean – and listen, as bad as your situation is, we got more problems. We don't even have a manager. At least you still you know, got yeah, one. That, that's, yeah, I mean, look, uh, yeah uh, – <laughs> The problem with the Yankees is, is that you feel like you're locked in to, to the people that maybe you don't want to be locked in with anymore. The Mets, it, you'd like to be locked in with somebody. I, you know, let's, let's get somebody that you can feel good about. Um, look, maybe, maybe some of the names that they've been shooting for is a little 
out of the range of where they should be. Sh- you know, like maybe they're looking kind of out of their league. Maybe, maybe you look a little bit more, you know, further down the line, right? Um, then, and then get Billy Bean to leave where he's at or get David Stearns to leave where he's at. I don't know who else they're talking to. I'm sure they'll they'll land somebody here before too long, but that would be nice. Yeah, not not the greatest <laughs> not the greatest start to a uh, to an off season where it feels like it's supposed to be a, a new day, right? A new yeah. day with a new owner who's got plenty of money. You're in a big city. You wouldn't think that this would still be kind of an issue, but it's an so issue. Far. It's yeah, an issue and, so and, far. And and they're not even close to even thinking about somebody would even do it. Well, who knows? I mean, the leading candidate. Yeah, I mean, well, hopefully behind the scenes, you know, like you hope that this is just maybe the dance of negotiation that behind the scenes they do have somebody and it's not going to leak until mm-hmm. it's a done deal. Mm-hmm. So you don't. But I understand you have the scars, right? You 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 still remember how you know your your heart has been ripped out this time that this time or that time. So you you don't want to <laughs> when you see this the news and the and the different stories pop up of this guy turns you down and that guy turns you down. I'm like you. Oh yeah, of course. Right, that's what's supposed to happen. Right, absolutely. Yeah, turn, turn keep. <laughs> you know what's gonna happen? Sandy Aldis is gonna be running this club. Oh well, <laughs> look, I, I don't know who they're gonna get. I'm sure that there will be people that are available that are are uh, qualified for the job and will be a good choice. Look on the bright side; it's not gonna be Brody again, right? I don't no, think hallelujah. they're gonna go with a former agent again. Yeah. So, in other words, we're not gonna make the same mistake the Giants made by bringing a general manager back. Huh? Oh my lord. We'll talk about the Giants when we return. It's ESPN New York tonight. Join us. It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Let's get to your calls in a minute. Gordon, now I was on the air yesterday. And as you can imagine, I heard from a bunch of angry Giant fans. And rightfully so. Are there any other kind these days? Yeah, and rightfully so. And I said after this game that I'm still not sure how to look at Daniel Jones. Okay, I'm putting the game aside for a second. And and I'm, I'm torn with how to look at him, Gordon, because I saw the opening drive, right? And you saw that when he had Kadarius, first of all, he doesn't have Barkley, he doesn't have Galladay, you know, the tackles are out. He's got a bunch of injuries. All right. So as I'm on the opening drive, as I'm looking, Tony is just carving up the Rams to the point that they even were able to run the ball a little bit. Then guess what? He gets hurt. And Gordon, you could say right then, the game was over. He had three picks. He lost another fumble. I mean, he just turned into, <laughs> he was Superman in the first drive. And then after that, he turned back into Clark Kent. So I'm really not sure how to look at him because ultimately out of all this mess that is injuries, that is Joe Judge, that there's just so many things that's wrong with this team. They still have to make a decision about Daniel Jones because the way their record is going, Gordon, they, they've got two draft choices. They're going to have to decide if they need to draft a quarterback in, in the 2022 draft. Well, look, on Saturday, you know, just kind of looking and taking the temperature of the season, and that was the number one question for the Giants coming into the year. Is Daniel Jones now with these upgraded weapons going to take the step forward? And, you know, up until Sunday, uh, it did seem like he is making the moves that you want to see him make. Now, it hasn't been a monumental leap where he's moved himself into conversation of one of the top ten quarterbacks. No, but he's cut down on the turnovers. 
Uh, up until this week, he was on pa- on pace to to pass for like 4,000 yards, rush for another 600, was not a turnover machine, has done so without really Barkley being Barkley so far, has done so without Galladay being Galladay. And I said back on Saturday, as long as he continues to progress like this, somewhere close to this, he's going to be your quarterback long term. This is what you're looking to see. Now, I left myself the wiggle room as long as he does not have the regression to where he has been in the past. And unfortunately, yesterday was regression to where he's been in the past. I'm going to give him a pass on that performance yesterday, mainly because, A, there's so many other people to blame, and, B, you mentioned it, right? Tony goes out, no Barkley, no, the left tackle's out, the offensive line is still bad, uh, Galladay's not there. I mean, he doesn't have a lot to work with, and going up against a team like that, at least it felt like he was going down swinging uh, because what else was he going to do? And you'd also have to kind of throw into the mix that he's coming off a concussion. So maybe there is a legitimate conversation of whether or not he really probably should have even been playing uh, in that game. So I'm going to kind of give him a mulligan on that one to a certain degree, but it can't be like that anymore. He can't have four or five good games and one disastrous game we have to see a little bit more consistency than that. But I, at least for this week, I would give him a little bit of a pass. But it does. When it seemed like the, 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 the decision was moving in the right direction, it does make it the scale kind of go back to 50-50 of whether or not this is going to be a long-term proposition with Daniel Jones or not. 29 of 51, 242 yards, three picks, no touchdowns, and the fumble. His average completion yardage was 4.7 yards. Yeah, he had no chance. He, I mean, as you said, when Tony went out, they, it, they were done. I mean, and, and, and again, I mean, look at it. It's almost like you're, you're having a replay from last year when you're talking about, no, you know, like the reasons why you felt like this was such a big year for Daniel Jones was not just that it's year three, but the upgraded weapons. Well, the upgraded weapons aren't there. And it's one thing to be missing one or two of them. He's basically missing all of them. Yeah. And it wasn't like the other guys were helping him out any. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, um, Sterling Shepard had a, had a drop or two. Mm-hmm. Um, he, now, he was bad. I'm not going to try and tell you that it was on everybody else. No. Daniel Jones was bad no, he yesterday. Had horrible. But, horrible. Yeah, horrible. But it's a really good team. It's a pretty good defense. And he did not have a lot of help, that's for sure. So he has to... Um, you know, unfortunately for the Giants, I, t- to me, there's just so many other issues to it deal is. with this team right now. It is. Um, you know, th- they have as many wins as the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's unbelievable. They have as many wins as the Houston Texans. And you That's... might be able to say the Houston Texans have been in more games. You're right. Or at least as many. It's true. Wow. It's scary. It's scary. Keyshawn Johnson is part of our morning show from 8 to 10. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And he says, very simply, Joe Judge might be the problem. I don't know that Dave Gettleman is the problem. I just don't know that. The coaching sucks. He's not coaching. He hired the coach. I, I get that he hired the coach. But when I interviewed you and hired you, you told me something different. You told me you're going to fall in line. You're going to do all the right things. What didn't you? What, and, what? Hold on. That's just what you tell me. Yes. Now I go away. For a couple of weeks, and I come back, and I find out you're not doing everything you said. That's the same thing Joe Judges did. He hired him. He's going to do the right thing. And then you got a quarterback like Jay saying, trying to sneak the damn ball on fourth and inches, got no push at all whatsoever, coming off concussion protocol. That's a coach. Uh, that ain't got nothing to do with the general manager. The coach called that damn play and approved that play. 
I think, and I understand what Keyshawn's saying, and yeah, we have to start to look at Joe Judge a little bit closer, Gordon, and his his comments after the game were, you know, I mean, talk about talk about Aaron Boone doesn't get it, doesn't jump on this player. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got and he's to a look football coach, right? And he's a football coach, yeah. and they normally have no problem. Listen, the, the Panthers general, the Panthers head coach jumped on Sam Darnold and, and said he's right. he's we got to get better quarterback play. Mm-hmm. He said that, so that's what the Giants are facing, an angry Sam Darnold coming in next week. But, you know, I hear what Keyshawn's saying about Joe Judge, but here's the bottom line. Those players are Dave Gettleman's, and he's got to be held accountable for the fact that they have not produced. He drafted them. He obtained them in, in trades and free agency. The one, you know, even, even them being injured, while obviously, you know, you can't foresee that. Gordon, if they're not available, that's that, all that all that weighs back on him. It just does. Yeah. I mean, uh, the problem is Joe Judge didn't hire himself. I mean, it wasn't like yeah. Joe Judge walked in here and oh, uh, look, there's no head coach here. I'll just stay here until uh, somebody. It, it, this is the hire of, of Dave Gettleman, and to me, at this point, there's nothing that Dave Gettleman can do to save himself. I think that the the ship has sailed on that, and he has to be replaced once this season is over, if not before then. It certainly seems like if we get to the end of this year and the Giants are three or four wins, well, if I'm bringing in a new GM, Joe Judge is not really impacting that decision at all. So if I'm bringing in a new GM, I'm probably bringing in a new coach. I will say this for Joe Judge. He, I think, still has some ink in the pen to write a different story. I don't think that he is going to, but at least for me, he can still kind of switch this up that maybe I might be able to reevaluate his future. There's nothing to me that Dave Gettleman is going to do for me to reevaluate his. 1-800-919-3776. Giant fans want to hear from you. Ranger fans, we'll talk to you too about the game. When we return, we'll take your phone calls. Plus, Gordon, I don't know if you know, but Dan Olofsky has given Joe Judge a new nickname. Uh-oh. Plus, Chris Canty had some damaging comments on Barton Hahn about his former team. We'll hear all that next on 98.7 ESPN. Hardestine Damon till midnight on 9870 ESPN. Talk a little Giants football at 1 800 919 3776. Also be a Twitter at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Good Monday night football game we got going here, Gordon. A little seesaw back and forth action. The Titans, uh, listen, they're testing that Buffalo defense as I thought they would. Uh, Buffalo leading 31 24, but Titans are on the march as they are in Buffalo territory at their 25. You know, Bills, uh, that, that offense, it just cannot be slowed down. And every no. like as good as anyone could have thought Josh Allen was going to be coming out of the draft that year, and it did seem – I'll be honest, I, I could not envision him being this. But, man, I, I, even if you were the biggest Josh Allen fan coming out in that draft, I don't even think you could have predicted that he would be this good. No, you could And, and Gordon, what, is it coaching? Is it – what what is it? Because well, I do think it's coaching, but I think that it's a it's a good you know it, it's everything, right? It's like putting a good team around him, mm-hmm. having a good offensive line around him, figuring out a way to surround him with weapons, and I, I think clearly coach like I I find it hard to believe that Josh Allen would have been this good playing with a team that had not figured it out. I think the Bills mm-hmm. are a really smart team, and, and somebody called me on Saturday. And I was talking about how if you're the Giants, you can't re-sign 
to, uh, you can't re-sign Saquon. It was a mistake to, to mm-hmm. make that pick, and, and now with all the injuries, he's not going to get healthier as time goes along. And somebody called up and said, well, you know, if, the, if, um, if, if this team would have taken this guy and then Josh Allen would have been here, uh, well, the Bills wouldn't have had Josh Allen. I said, you know what? Probably the Bills would have ended up taking Lamar Jackson. And they probably would have been still humming right along because he's certainly right in the MVP conversation as well. It's no mistake that, like, we all – and I love the draft. I love the draft as much as anybody. But it's no mistake that the teams that do well, they're not the ones that are picking at the top of the draft year in and year out. Smart teams make smart decisions. And it's not about when you pick. It's about who you pick and how you develop those picks. And it's clear that the Buffalo Bills – are uh, the class of the AFC East at least, maybe the class of the AFC, and, and who knows, by the time we get to the end of the season, might be the class of the NFL. You're absolutely right. And listen, there's no question that uh, as good as Josh Allen was, he took another step when they obtained Stephon Diggs. There, there's no oh, question. Oh, no about question. That. But look, that's a smart move, right? Like They, they gave up a first-round pick for him, mm-hmm. and he was a guy that was not happy in Minnesota, but they identified yep. a need. They filled that need perfectly. And who, I don't think that since they got him, anybody even knows or cares about what they gave up. Before, you know, who was the first-round pick that they gave up? I don't know. I'd have to go back yeah. and look. But I don't think any Buffalo Bill fans are looking back with regret about giving up a first-round pick for Stephon Diggs. I agree. Before we get to the phones, i got to let you hear this. This is Dan Olowski. He was on Greeny, and uh, he thinks that the players are going to tune uh, Coach Judge out shortly. Listen to this. And when you have as this coach this mindset of you're going to do it my way, 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 and I'm talking at you and talking at you and talking at you as a grown adult instead of talking with you and with you, eventually players just get sick and tired of that. And you, as a coach, trying to depict being so tough. I've played in situations like this when the coach tries to be this super rah-rah tough guy, you know, they grind on you and the losses happen. Players don't like that. Mm. And to be down 38-3 to when basically everybody on your football team is hurt. On your offense, Saquon's not in there, and, and Galladay wasn't in there, and Tony's not in there, and everybody on your offense is down. Daniel Jones got knocked out of the game last week, and it's 38-3, to and you still have him in the game taking hits, and I'm sitting there going, well, this is stupid. It's stupid. And when you're that Timmy Toughnut coach, and your losses are happening, and you're doing stupid stuff, eventually players are going to start to turn you out, and it happens fast. Yeah. They just tune you out. You get that nickname there? Yeah, I did. You know, the only thing I'll say is it it seems like this narrative has kind of surround. And look, I don't think Joe Judge has done a good job, but this narrative that he's like this hard nosed, uh, you know, my my way or the highway kind of guy uh, and that players are going to tune him out has kind of existed since he got the job. And I I would guess that, yeah, if you continue to lose, they're going to they're going to tune out anybody. Right. Like (laughs) if you're going to be like one in ten which at this point is at least a possibility for the Giants, what approach wouldn't they turn out? Mm-hmm. I think it all, stems, it all stems from Gordon, the fact that he's a disciple of the Bill Belichick tree. Yeah. And you have that, to have that's, how t- they normally, that's how they normally are. Now, really, as, and we had this conversation, Brian Flores is one of the few that has his own personality. He does. Most of these guys off, off, the, off the Belichick tree don't have their own personality. And so coming in, he wears that. All right. And so the attitude is, okay, you can wear that. You can be that guy. You can be the tough guy. This is the my way or the highway or whatever it is. You can have that attitude. But here's the thing. You gotta win. Because yeah. and you know, even Belichick didn't win when he was in Cleveland. So he really he it took him a while to be able to win to further that on. So I think he's almost wearing that by reputation 
whether he's doing it as bad as Belichick or Eric Mangini did when he was here coaching the Jets. He's not as bad as those guys, but he he's he's in the neighborhood. He's on the block, Gordon. He's on that block. Yeah, I mean, I just don't. I just think if you don't have success, it doesn't really matter what your approach is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I do think that like you know who is the type B personality as a as a head football coach, right? Like maybe maybe Judge is a little bit too much type A, where it's a lot of you know hard nose kind of you know. Uh, the the language that he uses and you know it, it, there is a little bit of a Belichickian kind of personality quirk there as well but mm-hmm. I, I think that that's just kind of true of NFL coaches and and if you don't have success I, I don't know that it really matters what your approach is you could be type B you could be type I don't know what but if you're going to be one and five after the year that you had last year I think that no matter what kind of approach you have I think people are going to eventually kind of tune you out yeah I agree I agree with you I do. Let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Robbie's in Massachusetts. Joins us next on 98.7. Hey, Robbie. Hey, Larry. Hey, Gordon. How are you? Thanks for taking the call. Hey, Robbie. First of all, I wanted to say, you know, Igor is, is a star. I, I, you know, tonight was the big win in uh, Toronto, Larry. And there's a couple of things about maybe having – I think the, the Rangers need another scoring winger. But, you know, it's early in the season. But just to win in Toronto, just to get the guys going in a positive direction – is a good thing, but we'll see how it goes. But you know me, you know me, that's my favorite team. But but I got to talk about my two other favorite teams. You know what? I'm sick to my stomach watching the Red Sox. They turn the game off the Ranger game, and it's 9-3. I mean, I just want to congratulate Brian Cashman for not going out and getting Kyle Schwaber, not going out and taking a chance at KK Hernandez because they're kicking the rear end of the Houston Astros. I mean, I cannot believe 18 runs. In, in, in what, six innings against Houston? It's unbelievable. And Houston doesn't have any pitching right now. And I just want to mention the Giants. I went to my first Giant game in 1972. I watched the 70s. This is worse than the 70s. At least in the 70s, the Giants had a decent defense. You had, you know, Gregory and Mendenhall, the late Brad Van Pelt and Brian Kelly and a few other guys, Spider. But, I mean, this is a joke. And it starts at the top with, with, with John Mara. John Mara has basically put together 10 years of garbage hires. It starts at the top. If you have an organization, okay, that is going to hire someone like Dave Gettleman, if you have an organization like, like and, and to hire McAdoo, to hire Shermer, and to hire every also ran that ever ran an NFL team, I mean, I don't understand what's going on here with, with John Mara. I mean, it, I mean, he's brought in a, a bunch of guys that don't know what they're doing. Why is it that, you know, the things are changing in Cardinal land, that things have changed with the Browns, that the culture has changed and other organizations have been terrible over the years. Look at Buffalo. I mean, I just don't get it. Maybe you guys have a thought on this theory to me, why the Giants are so miserable. Here, here's why. When you have a lousy offensive line, a lousy defensive line, and you have – guys, when's the last time – I'll ask you. When is the last time the Giants had a player that could wreck a game? When is the last time that a, that a opposing team sat there in the war rooms, you know, trying to establish how they're going to stop a guy like Lawrence Taylor or, or a guy like Justin Tuck or a guy like Michael Strayhead? They don't have that. And the also, too, do you only have the teams in the league that play a 3-4 defense? When your linebackers stink and, you're, and, 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 you know, and your front you know, line stinks, your secondary is going to look like hell. So, I mean, look, look, at, look at 86. We had Elvis Toast Patterson because we had a great front seven. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I can't figure what's going on here. But, and I want to say something about Joe Judge. I am sick and tired of his press conferences. This guy sounds like a glorified gym teacher. I mean, what do you, can you, can you put, I mean, look, Dan Campbell flew his team out of the bus yesterday in Detroit, and you just mentioned about Coach Rule about, you know, getting on Darnold. 
This guy has no emotion. I can't stand listening to his press conferences. I mean, and then he plays Daniel Jones in the fourth quarter against a second-string team. The guy just got a concussion. And how about Jason Garrett having a little bit of imagination? I don't know if you guys were watching the screen in the Buffalo game, but the razzle-dazzle play they ran on a two-point conversion. Maybe Jason Garrett ought to watch that. I mean, it's just amazing to me. The New York, the New York teams, it just blows my mind. But I'll get your thoughts on why this team cannot win, why this organization is so bad, and, and why the Giants personnel – I mean, Gettleman's got to go. I would fire everybody right now. Honestly, I would. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Anybody I hear you, Robbie. All right, my friend. Thanks for the phone call. Gordon, we got a lot to, to answer yeah, for, Robbie. Yeah, a lot We're to unpack gonna, there. Yep. Yeah, we do. We're not going to have a chance to do it before the break. So I'll, I'll just say this, Robbie, before to give you a tease before we come back. It's, it's that Mara is a guy who believes and looks at this, this franchise and the people with it as family, Gordon. And I think it's really hard for him to let people go in the middle of the season. So as bad as this team is and the bad as they performed, don't expect any changes at the beginning of this, in the middle of this season. And I really am curious to see what he's going to do at the end of the season. We'll unpack and talk more next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. At 1-800-919-3776 with you until midnight. Join the conversation with us. Hey, Gordon, let's finish up with uh, the tons of questions that Robbie had. Yeah, well, look, just to go to the Schwarber point, I mean, Schwarber has almost been Brian Cashman's offensive version of Garrett Cole. Remember before the Yankees got Garrett Cole, they, they were trying to constantly get Garrett Cole Schwarber has been a Yankee target a thousand times before. Unfortunately, for whatever, you know, they decided to go with Anthony Rizzo. Uh, that was the, the that kind of – and look, the Red Sox were going after Rizzo too. Mm-hmm. And the Yankees just beat them to the punch, and they were able to steal Rizzo away from them. And, and at the time, I, I, I liked the Rizzo move. I would have liked Rizzo better than Schwarber. He has a better – he's a better fielder. Schwarber doesn't really have a position outside of being the guy that comes up and hits 500-foot home runs. <laughs> um, but, you know, I didn't have a real complaint about there. And sometimes you just got to chalk that one up to, to the fates uh, because there was plenty of times where Schwarber wasn't doing it for the Red Sox. And in this postseason, he's been huge. For the John Mara thing – uh, I think you hit on it, right? He's just been been too loyal. And, and here's the thing. You know, I've seen a lot of, after the loss uh, against the Rams, of this is looking like another giant teardown. That's the problem. The problem is the last time they didn't tear it down. The mm-hmm. last time they tried to slap it together, they tried to patchwork it, bring it, go get Barkley at number two, make another run with Eli Manning. The one silver lining, the only maybe silver lining that the Giants have right now is there can be no repeat of past mistakes. The last time John Mara, I think, was the point man on this, thought that the Giants could kind of patch it together and get one more run for Eli. There's nothing to patch together with this team. Whenever they decide to make changes, this is a complete teardown. You're right. And you know who agrees with you? Chris Canty. He was on with Bart and Han earlier today, and he says, you know what? The Giants could be heading towards... A big-time house cleaning. Here's Chris Canty. 
I think we're going to start hearing that conversation get amplified a little bit, Alan. I mean, the noise around Dave Gettleman, I, I mean, that's had a fever pitch, that conversation. But I think now people are going to start looking at the other areas that need to change, and Joe Judge is going to be front and center in that conversation. Like, it just feels like with each passing game, each passing loss, and then hearing the post-game sound bites where yesterday he decided to bring in the analogy of the submarine for God knows what reason, <laughs> it just gets to the point where you wonder whether or not your head coach can find a way out of this in terms of getting the program back on solid footing. And I have my doubts, man. I mean, last year there were some things that happened that you heard about. I mean, the Mark Colombo thing, how he handled Golden Tate. You saw this year in training camp, you had all the veteran players. I think you had three veteran players retire yeah. in a calendar week during the preseason. Like, all of those little things, you start to wonder, okay, is this going to yield the results that Giants fans are looking for? Like, is this going to be something that's tangible, something that you can point to in terms of the results on the field? and feel like the Giants are headed down the right track. And so far, you can't say that. So, Chris, I think you're saying the Giants are a mess, huh? Name me the pressure players that you have on the defensive side of the ball. When they're doing the game planning at the beginning of the week, the opposing offenses, the, the guys that they have to circle, like this is a guy mm -hmm. that, that is a game record. He'll destroy our game plan. We got to account for him for multiple blockers damn near every play. Who are those guys? Supposed to be Leonard Williams. That's what you paid him for. Okay. Like, and I think okay. they got him out of okay. position. Okay, so you got one? We can't just do this thing based on reputation. There's got to be some substance behind it. Right now, the Giants have the 22nd ranked passing defense and 27th defense overall. 29th scoring defense. Okay, you saying that they got good players. Well, if they got good players, why aren't they playing well? Like, yep. at some point, we have to start asking those difficult questions. And if you're saying personnel-wise, they're good, then that's not the general manager you're pointing to. You're pointing to the head coach and his staff. Who do we want to point the blame on? Last is it Joe Judge? Thank is you. it Dave Gettleman? Is it both? They're 19-51 and 51 since the start of 2017. It's the worst program in the NFL. It's like the early 2000s Cleveland Browns. That's where they're at. Wow. Chris is a little heated, Gordon. Well, you know, big weekend for him. The, the, all he saw is all his teammates from, mm -hmm. uh, you know, 10 years ago. So can you imagine what it will be like? They are going to retire Michael Strahan's jersey in the Eagle game on November 28th. It's going to be all Philadelphia Eagle fans there. Can you imagine if they're like one and not? John Mara, he has to be there, right? Yeah, he was booed. He was booed. He was booed last time. Yeah, he was. They were, what were they then? 0-3? Yeah, he was booed last time. Oh, my goodness. This is... I mean, this is a complete teardown. I, look, the only thing I will say, and I'm not saying that Joe Judge deserves you know, a second chance or anything like that. We'll see when we get to the end of the year. The problem is, is that for Gettleman, as a GM, his work is largely done at this point, right? Mm -hmm. Like he put the team together and here you go. Yeah. At least Joe Judge, his work is not done. So, you know, if they were somehow to reel off, you know, a few wins, maybe you might reevaluate it. It seems impossible to think that they're – I mean, the next – Four games that they have, the Panthers this week, and if you don't win that one, you got the Chiefs on the road, the Raiders at home, and then the Buccaneers on the road. No, nah, I don't see I mean, that's like, I mean, it's not inconceivable. They could be at one and nine. It's true. You're right. And you know what? Unfortunately, it now makes last year don't look not as worst. You know, the worst thing that could have exactly. happened to them. Yeah, it makes last year look like, well, maybe it's not just an example of everybody being bad in the division. Maybe you weren't as good. I, I got to tell you, though, Gordon, I'm I'm really surprised at this defense. I thought this defense was going to be better. They were better last year. Yep, I agree. I, I, I'm I, surprised. I'm shocked at the way this defense has played. Right, and that, to me, comes down to coaching, right? Like, 
if Same you're saying that you have some talent on defense, then yeah. why is it not clicking? And, and again, this week, this was the week that they supposedly simplified things for the guys. I know. The only people that seemed like thought it was simple were the Rams. <laughs> they were up by five <laughs> touchdowns. They did whatever they wanted. They did. The, and, and you know what? Last year with them is almost like that first year with Gase. Remember mm-hmm. when Gase got yep. here, everybody said, oh, my God, it's a disaster. And then they won some meaningless games. Second half, against, yeah. Yeah, second half of the year. And all of a sudden, I think that allowed ownership. Well, you can't get rid of a guy at this point. You know, can't get rid of a guy in year one. They would have been better off having the whole thing implode last year and for them to say, you know what, we're mad as – John Mara has to reach a point. And here's the strange thing about him is – He's a football. He's grown up with football his entire life. Yeah. You know, a lot of these bad owners, you know, they're millionaires. They're new to it. They're fanboys like Snyder in Washington. You know, they don't really, they didn't grow up with it the way that he's seen what success looks like. It's true. It's true. And for his organization to be in these dire straits, boy, it's bad. It is really bad. It's inexcusable. Oh, Because absolutely. it's been consistent. Because, and that's the sad thing. And the coaching hasn't changed. Hasn't changed the thing. You, you've heard the records. We've talked about the records over the past five years. And the record for them, and here's what's really sad, Gordon. They are a better road team than they are home team. Oh, my God. They're terrible. I mean, they, they could be playing on the moon. They're terrible. Uh, they're, they're terrible. I mean, they're just a bad, they're just a bad football team. And I think, uh, I think largely it is personnel. I don't think that they have many good players. Um, even though, you know, you look at some of the names and you think to yourself, oh, this guy's good and that guy's mm-hmm. good and this guy should be good and – it's been a mess, and uh, I think at this point, the worst thing that could happen would be a repeat of last year where all of a sudden they won some, oh, yeah, they have the Chargers still to play. I forgot. They still right. have to play the Cowboys again. Mm-hmm. And, and at this point, there is no winnable game for them. There's no, there's, no, there's no opponent in the NFL, I don't think, that you say, oh, for sure they'll absolutely beat them. That's Carolina how bad they is looking to get well. Oh, Sunday. Absolutely. They're looking to get well Sunday. And you know what's scary? It's bad. And I know that, you know, Darnold had missed some plays during that. But when he was driving that team late for the mm-hmm. touch the, for the tying touchdown, game tying touchdown, Gordon, he looked pretty good. Yep. He looked and pretty the Giants, good. He marched that team right down the field. Well, look, it, it, the Giants made Tyler Heineke look like he deserved to be in the MVP conversation. They made Teddy Bridgewater look like he was unbelievable. Uh, you yeah. know, the Falcons were able to make plays when they needed to. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Saints had a lead with, with Jameis uh, until yeah. the Giants all of a sudden woke up. And then, of course, right. the Cowboys could have scored 60 points if they wanted to. The Rams did whatever they wanted to. So, yeah, I'm sure Sam Darnold is thinking to himself, yeah, let me get, get me back to Matt, Met Life against that defense and mm-hmm. let me light things up. Yeah. The Tennessee Titans had taken the lead, Gordon, with 13-yard touchdown by Derrick Henry, but on this kickoff return, uh, it was about a 100-yard return, but there is a flag down, so we'll wait and see as the Buffalo's uh, – <laughs> he's out of breath, but he's <laughs> – the return guy's out of breath, Gordon, but he's just like, no, please, please don't tell me. Please, not a flag. No, no. 101 yard kickoff return. He's like, no. Who did it? Who did it? It's ESPN New York tonight here on 987 ESPN. Go, let's head to the phones at 1-800-919-3776. That's where we find Buddha in the Bronx on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, what's going on, my guys? How you doing tonight? Buddha. 
Oh, man, I feel for Robbie, Chris Candy. I feel for all you guys. I feel for myself as well. I mean, I'm over New York football. <laughs> Robbie, uh, Buddha, don't, don't feel for them. You're, you're a Jet fan. I mean, you... you I said they, myself, too. Yeah, but no, they don't get... They, they've had plenty of uh, magical playoff runs, Super Bowl wins. They're at the back of the line in terms of complaints. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have any sympathy for any of them. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying to a certain extent, but we're all New Yorkers, man. You know, I mean? you're the only one who's here who's rooting for some team in Florida. That's that's you're darn right. Going down with the ship. Going down with the Joe Judge's submarine. Yeah, yeah, you better put a couple of thumb holes in that thing. That thing was full of water too. You know, man, Brian Flores did not look happy at the end of that game. No, and look, he, you know, he did a disastrous oh job. God. Just disastrous. But. <laughs> but I'm going to cheer you guys up tonight, though. First, I just want to ask you a question. You know, of all of the New York sports teams that we got right now, who do you think has the best GM and coach combination? I mean, I don't know much about the Islanders, but Lula Amarillo has a yeah, pretty good track record, right? I mean, they, they've had mm-hmm. some playoff success. Yeah. Um, Look, who's it's not exactly one? the Knights of the Round Table. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no, but listen, who's the next one? You said one of the first, there's only two. You said you said one of them, but who's the next one? It's either it's either Knicks or Nets. It's the Knicks. It's the Knicks because listen, Steve Nash, he's a nice guy and all that. He's not as good of a coach as Thibodeau is. No, and no. then you know when when you look at at, at, at the Knicks. You know, um, the stuff that really is annoying me, you know, is you hear all of these people talking about how the Knicks might be better this year and have a worse record. Like, you don't know what this is going to pan out into, man. To be honest with you, man, the Knicks got a good mix of veteran talent and some youth. Those moves in the offseason, Fournier and Kimber, those are big-time moves, man. And, you know, the, the Nets and the Bucks. let's say those are the top tier, right, in the Eastern Conference? Yeah. Then you got a second tier. You got the third tier that's not making the playoffs. You got the second tier. That second tier got the Heat, the Hawks, the Celtics, uh, uh, the 76ers, and the Knicks. Now, with the Celtics, they got a new coach. And let's be honest, they've been disappointing, too. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm talking about? They, yeah, they yeah. haven't, ever since they got to that Eastern Conference Finals, they haven't done squat. The, the Heat always has injuries. You know, Kyle Lowry being there is good, but he's an older player. You know, Spolster's a great coach, but they always injured at the time when they don't need to be injured. So now you got the 76ers. I mean, they got all kinds of drama. You know, you got this kid coming to practice with the cell phone in his sweatpants pocket. I mean, they let that thing go on so long. There's no yeah. way that that can't damage your team. So I just asked the question, why? Why? Like, I, I need to know why. Why the Knicks can't be the fourth or fifth team you know, at greatest point, maybe the third, but the fourth or fifteen. Like I said, the Hawks had a magical year last year. You can't count on that. The Knicks have improved themselves mightily. And, you know, you know, Caesar Salah, I love him, you know, nice guy. Uh, LaFleur is in way over his head. They don't know what the hell they're doing with their quarterback. Joe Judge is about to get fired. You know, I got to transition from that New York football, and I got to go to another sport. It's yeah. not enjoyable to watch. It's, it's, you know, your family members they ask you, "Why are you putting yourself through this?" <laughs> it's a good question. It's a good question. You're right, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. Yeah, I know. I know I've been asked, "Do you have to watch that?" <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I do. Yeah. You know, the only thing I can say here's the only thing I can say, Gordon. 
Thank God for the Red Zone channel. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I have the with the Direct TV. You can put on, oh. you know, the one page that either has all eight games at once, and you can just kind of flip the the audio from right. from from screen to screen, or you could mm-hmm. go to the four page and just flip the audio. Yeah, you, you, I mean, you need it uh, because <laughs> if you, I mean, if you were me, right, and you're resigned to watch waking up early at nine thirty to yes. watch that slop. And the Jet fans know about it because they got it to do it the, the week before. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the regular game you where know, you get to watch the Giants just get <laughs> their heads completely handed to them. I mean, how much more of this can you take? It has been every single – it's been, you know, five years of this consistently. Yeah. Where, I mean, it's not even Halloween and the season's over. I it's know. It's so long over. I, you know, I'm joking around this morning about it's 192 days until the NFL draft. <laughs> It's 192 <laughs> days. We're already looking ahead to the draft. It's bad. It's bad. It's really bad. It's really bad. And, you know, just the one thing on the Knicks is, like, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next season. I, I think it'll be an enjoyable, certainly far more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to say that. I know the Knicks fans are like, hey, it's all turned around now. I don't know, man. Like, it, it takes more than one year, and great of a year as it was last year, for me to think, well, you know, it, the, the improvement's not going to, it's not going to stop now. It's going to be just, you know, more improvement and better. And they did this and they did that. Let's see how it goes. I mean, there could be some regression. I mean, you pointed that out, that they could be, you know, like as Buddha said, they could be a better team and, and not necessarily have that translate to wins and losses. It, it's far better footing than they've been on in a very long time, and it's far better mm-hmm. footing than a lot of the teams around here. But I'm not ready to say that I'm expecting them to be, you know, a top four team in the East this year either. I'm not either. I'm just ready to enjoy it. I, I just yeah, want to see it. I want to enjoy <laughs> it, Gordon. It you know what I'm saying? I just want to uh, – this could be a game changer. Is this a fumble? Who recovered this fumble here? This is at the – this is deep. In the, this is at the three. And uh, let's unpile it. Come, I'm, I mean, there's nobody on the ground. The ball is there. Who, oh, okay. So they say Tennessee is recovered. So All right. There you go. That's it. That should be the game. That should be it. Some great games this year. Oh like the, yeah, the, the the you know the prime time games, unbelievable. ESPN's been very lucky after after having some real awful games. Yes, on Monday night the past couple of years, they've they've been outstanding this year. Remember all the complaints we had like a couple of years ago about the Thursday night game? Oh, these yes. Thursday night games are terrible. Oh. I feel like all the games this year, you know, have maybe barring one or two, have been yeah. have been even the one last night, the Steelers and Seahawks game. That was, that was a, a really game. good game. Yeah, that was a good game. Gino, listen. <laughs> That's the story of Gino, though, right? That's the like, story. He, that is, that is Gino Smith, what absolutely. you saw last night. If you ever needed to like write a Wikipedia entry about Gino Smith, that was all the evidence that you'd need. He'd have some throws. He'd make some plays. He'd do some things. You're like, this guy's not that bad. And right. then there'll be that one big moment, and all of a sudden it'll all go sideways. All went sideways. You know, that's, that's, his, that, that's a tough one for him. You know, you feel bad for him. You feel bad for him because you know, like, you know, and he's got to be under center the next couple of weeks. Well, unless Cam Newton, Cam Newton got that shot pretty quick, boy. I, he, should, <laughs> he, he got, got an appointment before. very quickly. What should've Russell Wilson's out? I'm, I, my, I'm doing. I'm done doing my research. <laughs> it all came back. Now I understand. Yeah, I got it now. Yeah. I got it now. This is a huge win for Tennessee, Gordon. This is a huge win at home. Absolutely against the Bills, who are coming in and they just marched up and down the field offensively, but. You know what? Uh, they had enough. Derrick Henry, Gordon, he's just an unbelievable back. I mean, he can catch it. it he can run it. The, his stiff arm is as good as anybody in the sport. It's amazing. 
Uh, he is, and he was like a part-time player for the first couple of years of his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, right. in Tennessee. So, uh, well, look by the the rule of uh, transfer, the Jets beat the Titans, the Titans beat the Bills. So yeah. that means maybe the Jets can beat the Bills. Listen, the Jets may have played the may have played the Titans the best of anybody so far this year. Right? I mean, they did a pretty good job. They got <laughs> they, a win. They held up the yeah, listen, they got a win. Wasn't pretty, but they got it. That's right. The only one they got. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> Hopefully, he'll get another one coming out of the bye week. Bruce is in Flushing. He's next on ninety-eight-seven. Hey, Bruce. Hey, guys. I want to talk about the Giants? First of all, the assistant coaches, Jason Garrett, is is horrible. He could have been fired after he wouldn't when he played conservative and 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 didn't want to go for a touchdown. Was playing for three points the first couple of weeks of the year. And then the game where Daniel Jones gets injured and the Giants had first down um, and go to go to one, and I thought I went into the DeLorean time machine and I'm watching like single-wing football. You know, line may be uptight and just smash up the middle. I mean, no flexibility, no imagination. Uh, yet um, this past Sunday, when, when you have so many wide receivers injured, where was Evan Ingram? I know he probably would have dropped the ball, but still, you, you, you had to try and, and, and bring him in the offense. Why wasn't Evan Ingram part of this offense this Sunday? So Jason Garrett is part of a big part of the problem in this giant offense. Daniel Jones, I still believe in Jones. I still think he definitely can win a Super Bowl with Daniel Jones. But you can be Johnny Unitas or, or, or Roger Storback. If you don't have time to throw the ball, you can't throw the ball. And I know people say, well, he should be above that, and he can bring a bad offensive line. No, you can't. If you, can't, if you have no time to throw the ball, you can't throw the ball on, when you're on the seat of, of your pants. So I think Daniel Jones is, is still good enough to take this team to the Super Bowl if and when they fire the front office and you know, learn how to draft people. I mean, this this past draft, rushing a slot, you needed an offensive lineman. When was he picked? 16th? Slater, the kid with the, the Chargers. Yeah, was, well, when was about? he picked? Uh, yeah, the offensive lineman, the left tackle. Yeah, yeah, no, I know who you're talking about. Tom, Andrew I, Thomas? No, no, the the kid that got drafted by the Chargers, oh, uh, oh, oh, Rashawn oh. Slater. I mean, Mm-hmm. Is that what you're yeah, talking about? He's saying maybe one of the best left, left tackles in the game um, down, if not now. And the, there was some talk that he was, the, he was actually should have been um, – some people thought that he should have went before Penny Sewell went to the Lions. I think Sewell went seven. Uh, let me try and pull up to see where the Chargers picked. They'd have to have like kind of a, a more of a middle-of-the-round pick. I don't know if it was 13 I or think he was, they, he was after the Giants draft. The Giants made the draft with the Bears – and then they went right. down. So I, I assume by the time they made a trade with the Bears, they had no shot to get him, correct? Uh, I would think uh, not. Yeah, Slater was 13th. So they, you know, the, once they moved out of uh, 11, they had no shot. But they could have taken yeah. him at 11. True. Right. Unless they, unless they themselves think in the back of the head, well, if we get Chicago, they got a rookie. And if, if Daniel Jones doesn't make it, we're in position to get another quarterback. I don't know, but I still this this team has to be fixed with, with the coaching staff. I, 
I, I don't know if I necessarily agree that Judge has to go. Let's see how the rest of the season plays out. But Gilman has to go. Absolutely. And Garrett Shirley has to go. Well, I'll say this, Bruce, and thanks for the phone call. If, if Gellerman's going and I'm the new GM, why do I have to keep Judge? Right. You know, I'm, you don't want to get onto this thing where you're, nah, you're bringing in a GM and then you're saddling him with the coach. And it kind of feels like the Giants the last time saddled the GM, not with the coach, but with the quarterback and kind of dictated the plan that he was going to have to put forward. Now, Gettleman has not done a good job whenever his plan got to take over. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you can't, you can't absolve him from blame there. I'm just kind of interested with the amount of blame that Jason Garrett gets as opposed to Patrick Graham. Yeah, it is I mean, interesting, Jason right? Jason Garrett, look, I don't think he's a great offensive coordinator, but at least there's some uh, – yesterday, he's missing Tony. Galladay's not there. Barkley's not there. The left tackle's not there. They're not very good. The quarterback was bad. I mean, at what point is Patrick Graham going to be in the crosshairs here? Because his defense has stunk the entire All year. And, and, and look, they lost the, the linebacker, Blake Martinez, which is a loss. Huge. I'll grant you that. Huge for them. But they, they, still have, you know, they still have Bradbury, who was fantastic last not, year. They not have, the, they, he's been awful this year. Not, not the same player. Dory Jackson they brought in. They yeah. paid Leonard Williams. They, they, they drafted uh, the, the kid uh, uh, Ojolari. Mm-hmm. I mean, He's they get no plays. pressure. They do None. nothing. They do nothing on defense. They can't get Not off the field. They don't get any nope. sacks. Nope. I mean, they uh, yesterday where Williams had a sack and a half, uh, but for them, and he made some some pressures. Once that was they the were first great time in the first him. quarter. Yeah, Gordon, they were great in the first quarter. Right. They shut them out in the first quarter. Then the second quarter, a combination of bad, bad communication and turnovers. They gave up 28 points in the second quarter. That was the end of the game. The game was over at halftime. Oh, absolutely. Over at halftime. And people, people, people waited for the, the halftime festivities, and then they took off. And who could and blame them? Yeah, because you knew they weren't coming back. They weren't coming back. You knew they weren't coming back. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.